0: welcome to episode 194 of the grip strip podcast the blue ovals in the desert edition of the grip strip podcast my name is philip matthew i'm your host and i'm with my co-host the iRacing indy 500 champion computer genius a gentleman and a scholar and recently coming off of his
1: birthday weekend so belated happy birthday to my boy josh afine what's going on brother I'm doing great, Phil, and, yeah, you know, thank you for the birthday with wishes and everything, and um, just, yeah, what a weekend of racing, of course, um, and seeing the Cup Series championship finales across all three series, and we'll get into it and everything, but, yeah, the end of the year is finally here and racing, and, yeah, now it's, it's over, and it's like we just went through this whole year of racing, and now it's over, so I guess we got to talk about how it all ended, right?
0: yeah absolutely we're going to get into all three major nascar series uh how the season finales went for all of them uh from i guess we can say the good the bad and the ugly and uh we had other racing during the weekend of course the brazilian grand prix which um if you're that looks like a pick oh yeah but uh, that was just a bad throw by mitt zach wilson um Fish Lips continues to win every single race, which uh, which uh, and then the people that are complaining about how uh, what's uh, all the same assholes that had issues that when Lewis Hamilton dominated, he never won 17 races in a season and basically had nobody around him. Uh, So that seems convenient, on top of all the other bullshit that they do. Um, We'll talk about NFL Week uh, Week Nine. And um, Jacksonville and the 49ers are both on bye. So, um, and they're going to be playing each other this week. So, we'll uh, preview that game and uh, we'll talk about all things happening in the world, in the NFL world and in fantasy. Um, CJ Stroud, I think, is locked up the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. If we were worried about him getting it or if anyone was thinking anybody else would, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. And more. Uh, We'll do the roundup talking about the World Endurance Championship season finale at Bahrain and the postseason test. Uh, We will preview the MotoGP and Moto2 at Malaysia. They'll have a few more races left in their season. And the NHRA season finale, the In-N-Out Burgers NHRA Finals at Pomona to end their 2023 season. Josh will talk about all things um, racing and gaming in the Sim segment, and we will close the deal. So, yeah, we'll start with the Cup Series at uh, Phoenix International Raceway. It'll always be Phoenix International Raceway for me. I don't care what they call it. Um, and it was the um, the Cup Series Championship race at Phoenix. And there were four drivers that walked into, uh, Phoenix with a chance to win the title. And, uh, there, they were, uh, William Byron, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and Ryan Blaney. And in the end, uh, the, uh, the actual most popular driver in NASCAR, YRB, ends up the champion. Um, the, all three drivers by the end of the race ended up in the top five, but, it or 3 of the 4 drivers ended up in the top 5 but it really wasn't as clear um after the second stage um right, and I mean and of course Rick Allen had a had a stroke or something making that call cuz he completely forgot that Ross Chastain won the race. Uh Ross Chastain dominated um after the first stage or first 92 laps of the race which um William Byron led and then he led two more laps after, or first 90 laps. It says 91 laps, and then it says two more laps he led, but it says he has. Yeah, so he led 95 laps in total. He had led the first 92 laps um, consecutively in the race, and after that he kind of disappeared. And from then on, it basically became Kevin Harvick, uh, Ross Chastain, and Chris Buescher. You uh, you had... Uh, some of the other guys sprinkled in Denny Hamlin uh, in there. Hell, even Chase Briscoe let a couple of laps. That's something. Um, but in the end, it was Ross Chastain, the victor a year ago. He finished second in the championship to Joey Logano uh, after the hail melon, And um, he, he going and making it in with that last second uh, attempt there. And then finishing second this year he wins the race to end the season on a high note uh was sitting there with bush beer in his hand since he's going to be the driver of the bush bush car uh next year uh, taking over for one kevin harvick who has been the anheuser-busch uh, driver for uh, 12 years now um yeah i think 12 years uh, 12 th- yeah it's, yeah, it's been 12 years he's been a driver to, for Anheuser-Busch. So um, long partnership, one of the longest partnerships in recent memory. And NASCAR ended yesterday, and Kevin Harvick ends his career uh, in the Cup Series with a seventh-place finish, led 23 laps, was in the top five for a good part of the day. But his car um, fell off there late uh, in the race. We'll uh, get into... The top 10 finishers and the other drivers who scored stage points. Ross Chastain, the winner, I mentioned, led the most laps. Ryan Blaney, second, and your 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Kyle Larson, third, and after starting fourth, did not lead a lap. William Byron finished fourth, won stage one, led 95 laps. Christopher Busher finished fifth, led one stage two. Rounding out the top five: Martin Truex Jr. sixth, Kevin Harvick seventh, Denny Hamlin eighth, Michael McDowell, the Arizona native, ninth, and Dario Walls Jr. tenth. Uh, he also he got stage points in both stages. Probably his best finish at Phoenix too. Qualified fifth. Brad Keselowski from Tailback after Cole Custer uh, qualified as car and uh, uh, for pit for pit position. Uh, came from tailback after the birth of uh, his first, so- the birth of his son, third child for the Keselowski's comes back to finish 15th. Eric Jones, who had run up in the top 10 all day, uh, didn't end up with the the result he probably wanted. Finished right behind his teammate Carson Hosevar in, in 19th and 20th for the last race for um, Legacy Motor Club with Chevrolet. Uh, Briscoe, I mentioned, had led two laps. Uh, his day went away when Kyle Busch basically used him up on the, whatever, third stage restart. And then Christopher Bell uh, got stage points in stage one, but ended up dead last after brake failure and uh, knocked himself out of the championship right then and there. He was the only um, car that fell out of the race of the 36 cars that started. So, yeah, I mean, in the end, there was only four cautions. uh only two for incidents, so there was there was a relatively tame race, and in the end, it gave the opportunity for drivers who had uh, long run cars to make a make their presence felt. That's where we saw the likes of Ross Chastain, Blaney, uh, Busher, all and Harvick all come up there. Those were the three guys. I mean, Hamlin also. Uh, it's a track where he's done well at over the years. He fell short of this championship, and based on how everything landed yesterday, if he had been in the championship four, he still would have fallen short. But in the end, it's YRB, the actual most popular driver in this sport, burned her down right in the front straightaway and gets this championship, two consecutive championships for Roger Penske. Ryan Blaney in this playoff put together a run and has now made is made a mark that um he uh something his dad hasn't done and when you're the son for all these guys i mean you're a dale jr fan josh to be the son of a, a legendary driver and uh, dave blaney being the buckeye bullet and all that he has done in sprint car racing him and his family his 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 grandfather Blaney, his uncle dale blaney all of them in sprint car racing and then Uh, Ryan doing it on pavement in stock cars Um, Dave essentially sacrificed um, That career in in sprint car racing for a while To go and drive in NASCAR And yesterday was the culmination of it all Uh, You had Ryan Blaney crying in the car You had Dave Blaney breaking down on um, Almost going right on national TV uh, Because of how emotional he was For how much it meant to him Uh, to see his son get that championship on Sunday. Uh, Big deal for the Blaney's, big deal for Ford uh, after what has been a brutal year for the Blue Ovals in NASCAR in general to um, get that uh, championship for Ryan Blaney, Um, while Ross Chastain also goes and uh, gets a second victory of the year in moves into the off season, a big off season for, um, track house racing, um, with, and they're moving in with, uh, a lot of momentum and opportunities with the new sponsorship going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, Ryan Blaney, I mean, going out, winning the title, I uh, don't think we had him in the final four at all before the final four, um, just didn't see it happening, you know, until Martinsville, it was really hard to see, but, um, he just kept persisting throughout the uh, playoffs, he got that clutch win at uh Talladega that really set this up. Uh you know, I think he has to be thankful for the penalty at Las Vegas being rescinded um and everything. Although he did win Martinsville, you know, definitely changed that situation, made it easier to qualify uh for the final four. Uh so um there wasn't you know as much pressure to get into the final four. You know, had a good run at homestead as well. So uh you know he definitely Um, even though, you know, maybe his season overall wasn't as uh, good as uh, maybe William Byron's season with, you know, the amount of wins and stuff and um, average finish and all that stuff that we kind of, you know, talk about you know from the traditional standpoint you know he got it done uh in the last three rounds of the playoffs um you know somebody you know we thought Ford's weren't really going to have a whole lot of speed here uh in this playoff and it would you know come down to Hendrick or Gibbs but you know, at the end of the day of Ford and uh Roger Pinsky's team came out and won this uh, title for the second year in a row and you know yeah a guy that's extremely popular among the fan base um somebody that you know has probably can have some um i'm not going to say crossover appeal but somebody that can help uh grow the sport you know he's been on guest star on uh different tv shows in the past and um you know he's got you know he's been around uh things he's somebody that the uh nascar needs to market a lot ryan blaney you know he's a huge star wars fan and all that stuff so um you know aspiring jedi and all that so he's definitely um Somebody that you know as as a champion, I think can help represent the sport and help uh help it grow to uh a new audience and uh things like that and yeah you know, he definitely has the history like you said with his family racing uh history and um having you know tons of championships and on the dirt side and uh, um you know his dad being a former, uh, stock car driver as well. So he's got a lot of history out there. So, you know, I think he's going to be able to uh, leverage all of that. Um, as you know, he becomes a, a champion now and, uh, goes out and, uh, you know, uh, represents himself in that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he is definitely a deserving champion. You know, I think throughout that race, you know, he was the only car that really, uh, had anything uh to to show that they're willing to you know race for the title and um you know william byron first half the race you know was pretty good uh but the first stage didn't really have much after that so you know he didn't really uh have too much um speed afterwards was i you know i think you know just getting settled in everybody made their adjustments after the first stage and uh byron was able to um you know, wasn't able to keep up with the, the track as the track changed. So I think that was definitely a a big factor as well. Um, yeah, I think, uh, for, um, you know, Kyle Larson, you know, came, had, had not had really a, a good um you know good run compared to um Blaney or uh Byron. Uh but then, you know, they had the pit call and the last pit stop to um get out in front of both his teammate and Blaney. And he was able to fight Blaney there for, you know, the um the first uh uh ten, fifteen laps after the final caution, but you know, Blaney was able to pull away. So you know, Larson just never had the speed to be able to challenge uh on a long run. Um and then of course Christopher Bell you know, went out too early. So it was, you know, you're never able to see, you know, what he could have done in this race, but, um, you know, Blaney was outside the top 10 for most of the first stage. And then, you know, at the, you know, after that, after the first stage, he was able to get the adjustments that they needed and, um, he was able to race towards the front, you know, raced hard with, uh, Ross Chastain and Martin Truex Jr. there, uh, throughout that, um, third and final stage, uh, you know, bumped, uh, stain there in the middle of uh, turn one and two. So, um, you know, he's definitely racing hard He he's definitely struggling with that car for, uh, a good part of that race, but, you know, he was able to make it work. And, you know, even though he didn't win the race, um, he made the moves that he made to win the title. So, um, yeah, just to, you know interesting race here you know of course Jacques Sain had the dominant car throughout the race and was able to win the title um you know we didn't see any uh, bs caution at the end to change everything and you know make you know give them all one more chance to you know fight for the championship and have the championship guy possibly win the race as well and that streak has finally come to an end uh so you know uh, interesting from that perspective And, yeah, you mentioned – I mean, we talked about it last night as well with, you know, Chastain won the race, and um, Rick Allen was like, yeah, Ross Chastain goes down – the backstretch for the final time. And then after that, he just talked about Ryan Blaney and it was probably maybe like 45 minutes before we even got an interview from, uh, Chastain there from, uh, victory lane. So, uh, good job to NBC for, you know, completely forgetting about, I mean, I know this championship guy, but you know, there's a guy that won the race and I feel like kind of throwback to the past. And, you know, before this playoff, era where we had the winner of the race be different than the title winner and i think they you know espn and you know old nbc still gave uh you know they still gave coverage to the winner of the race um even though the champion was often a different guy so um you know they gave him their fair coverage so nbc just you know completely botched it here uh with chastain you know winning the race so um you know uh, at least uh you know Both those guys, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, they both you know deserved to win the title in the race. So um, yeah, it was just an interesting race. I mean, it wasn't as you know boring as last year's uh, championship finale. So um, I think there was enough that happened. Um, You know, I think they had a different tire on, so I think that improved it. But you know, I still think you know I think you can agree with this as well that you know Phoenix probably isn't the best place to hold a championship race. But you know, for what it was yesterday, at least it was um, entertaining enough to at least get get by but you know i definitely think that they're way more deserving places like homestead you know if they could uh ever upgrade the facility i guess to make it look more prestigious i guess and have more i guess available for um clientele to explore and stuff on the weekend like they do at phoenix now so but you know at the end of the day um you know it's a an interesting season and you know ryan blaney is the champion and now he gets to go throughout the off season you know and grow the sport and you know reign as the champion for the next year
0: yeah he finishes this season with eight top fives and 18 top tens but and which is probably a lower number uh i would say uh, definitely a lower number than what we usually see from a champion it kind of trends with uh some some of the recent champions uh good or bad but he when you look at his season in general you look at the last six races, he finished in the top 10 in five of them, no worse than 12th, two wins, two runner-up finishes, and a sixth, that was the Vegas race that Josh mentioned, where if if that penalty hadn't been rescinded, I don't think we're talking about Ryan Blaney as a champion. Uh, he had, you also add uh, his top 10 at Darlington, and kansas you had set, so it's uh yeah i mean you're talking about eight of the 10 races in this playoff uh he finished no worse than 12th so i mean that's not can it's it's the most amazing statistics but i would take i'll say a lot of these guys would have taken what he did the last six races of the season um and and walked away with it and if they knew that they were going to end up with the hardware uh I mean, this year, when you look at the start of the season for him, he had flashes of brilliance. He did have top 10s and runner-ups and top 5s through the first 13 races of the season, uh, but he also had some really bad runs as well. Um, Qualifying was in his favor but they didn't come around with the finishes at some places. Uh, Talladega, of course, is one of his best racetracks. He always seems to trend there. Um, any type of drafting track, he trends well. So that's Daytona and Atlanta. You know, Phoenix, he started eighth and winter second in in the spring. You look at Vegas, he improved his finish from the spring to the fall. Uh, You got Martinsville. He started 31st and finished 7th in the spring. So you think about that performance in a race where you couldn't even pass um, using Strat and all that. Jonathan Hassler in his third year as a crew chief, 38 years old, is a champion in the Cup Series. And after Darlington, the first 13 races of the season, he had probably one of the best performances of his whole entire career. Uh, winning the coca-cola 600 at charlotte and then followed that up with a great run at gateway didn't end up with the victory kyle bush got that victory but he um led 83 laps in that race and then from there kind of he went quiet for a while uh had a lot of bad finishes went through a run of about four races and six where he had out 30th or worse so he kind of went away there but starting with Michigan, uh, which was, well, yeah, you talk Michigan in August, for the exception, the three races, and there's those three races Daytona, Bristol, and Texas. Um, he was pretty consistent, not finishing outside of 13th in that run. So he was running up front when it counted. Um, even when he didn't have the best piece, he was able to make something out of it uh he did have to sweat bristol um even though it was a first round it wasn't a great run for him two laps down but he made it through and got out of the first round had a bad start to his second round and went out and won in a clutch situation did the same thing at martinsville didn't need it theoretically but he went out there and won and you know in in the end This is a format that that they're given, and he has done what's necessary to become the NASCAR Cup Series champion in the end. Um, I mean, we look at the point standings uh, for this year in more detail. Kyle Larson ends up finishing second in points by one. William Byron finishes third uh, by two points. Christopher Bell, fourth. Uh Christopher Bell explodes a brake rotor uh early in the race and knock gets knocked out. Uh he just like last year didn't have a great piece. Um it seemed during race day, uh qualified all right, but you know, it just wasn't there or or yeah, he didn't have as good of or he didn't qualify as well as he did last year and then didn't seem to have the car. Uh Larson and Byron qualified up front. Byron, of course, on the pole. Byron was the the dominant figure in terms of wins. He won more races than anyone. Tied with Larson for the most top fives, uh, had the most top tens. Larson, to me, it's interesting, Josh. I, I really feel like he wasn't... There was times where he kind of disappeared, and it wasn't as bad as last year, where he really wasn't a factor after coming off of dominating in 21. The stats show that he was there a lot more, uh than he was last year uh but i think i just expect when when everyone you consider he's like uh the inbred's hero and everyone says he's the greatest race car driver that exists and theoretically i mean the, the argument can be made for him or fish lips or um he's in those he's in that mix for sure but he wasn't that there there the closing mentality the being able to go out there and kind of d- dominate races it isn't the same as it was a couple of years ago for him and yesterday in that race he really wasn't a factor at all and he ends up finishing second in points but he wasn't the second best driver in general um i mean if you're gonna go and take the whole season into account and if they did it that way then i guess he would have uh been up there I don't know what the old stats show the old point standings would have been if you did a full season but um Larson ends up kind of wondering what might have been I think William Byron definitely does because he led the first ninety two 92 laps of the race and uh it went away from him I think he was the one that walked into Phoenix thinking if I could put together a good good run um i can end up winning this deal he qualified on pole rudy fugle did what he could to call a race for him uh joe and i uh, uh talked about it once i finally got once i finally got internet um and that's two sacks in a row um that uh if they had brought the tire it would have been good if they had brought the martinsville tire i think we'd have had an even better race um, but of course, the turnaround time I, I was thinking that like the turnaround time was too quick, and they probably committed to these shitty tires that they had, and that's why I didn't have that option if they had a better tire, it could have been a much better race, and who knows what would have happened. But for what they gave, the Hendrick guys qualified up front at the start of the weekend, they were given a full practice for whatever reason um, for the final race, but they say they can't do it at other races, which is bullshit um and then uh but ryan blaney during that practice showed that he had great long run speed too and it wasn't a surprise when we came to sunday afternoon that when the race started even though he didn't have a great qualifying run he didn't really qualify that great at martinsville either but he had a great long run car and he came up front and um But for the other three guys, uh, the Hendrick Motorsports guys, probably they thought that they were the favorite going in, Josh, and um, they're left wanting, and Christopher Bell two years in a row gets to the final four, but uh, when they get to that final race, him and Adam Stevens haven't figured out the magic combination uh, the way that Adam Stevens and Kyle Busch had, had done twice in their careers together, winning championships
1: yeah i mean i'll start you know with what you said about kyle larson and i think for him you know the early portion of the season the um you know the early part the spring like uh up until the summer you know he i think he had the best car on pace but you know he had i think like a three or four week span where something happened to him where he was either leading or running uh top five or, or you know had an opportunity and something happened uh where he either got taken out or um had a part failure or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was probably the better driver in the the spring. And then, you know, throughout the summer kind of faded, Um, you know, started to come back, you know, with – uh, Pocono and had a chance to win there but you know got taken out by Denny Hamlin and all that stuff and then um, I mean honestly I think his season from a uh, performance per standard was probably on par with Ryan Blaney at the end of the day but then you know Ryan Blaney was just the one that ended up being better than him uh, in the championship race but you know for uh, for Larson uh, I think in the old standings in the Winston Cup format he would have finished in sixth place in the Winston Cup standings and then uh, there's somebody on Twitter that's been keeping track of what it would look like if it was the Winston Cup style standings and then um, the non-playoff standings just like you know without a playoff format but the current point system Larson would have finished in fifth so um, you know he's up there but you know he's definitely you know not You know, up there with William Byron or uh, Denny Hamlin and uh, I think yeah Larson I mean he was in the top 10 for most of the race but wasn't doing anything with it so I mean he had a solid run but you know just I don't think it was you know championship level or anything like that Uh, and then of course Byron uh, you know led the first stage and you know, most of the first part of the race, but then, uh, faded away after that. And it's kind of similar to how his race in the spring ended up. Remember he, uh, back in the spring at Phoenix, he led the first part of that race and then, uh, ended up fading away from that until the end where he won. So, and that was only because of a late caution there with, uh, you know, a handful of laps to go. And, um, you know, for that, most of that race, Larson was the guy. And then, uh, Harvick had ended up having the better long run run a long run car in that one. So, uh, you know, definitely for Byron, you know, I think he has to go back and, um, wonder if they should have planned for more of the long run, especially with Phoenix being getting strung out and having long, uh, green uh, flag runs there. So, um, I think that's definitely a strategy call that you have to consider there for Byron. Of course, um, you know, with Blaney mixing it up with the non contenders, Chastain and Martin Truex, um, and harvick to an extent um of course um you know I think he was still racing with the mentality for blaney to win the race you know uh to win the title uh which i think you know it showed it wasn't necessary and then you know byron's team encouraging him to still keep pressing forward uh with you know blaney potentially um using up his tires on that you know long run uh to um, you know, open up an opportunity there for, uh, either Byron or Larson. So, um, you had that factor as well because, you know, Blaney raced hard with, uh, with Chastain and with Martin Truex. So, uh, could have used up a lot of his tires there and, uh, have an opportunity to, uh, you know, lose the race and lose ground to Larson who was about two seconds behind him when, when that stuff was happening in the final stage and then uh you know Byron was right there. So there's still an opportunity, but, you know, those two just didn't have it uh, at the end of the day. And um of course uh, Byron I think yeah based on the full season standings, if we went still went by that, he would have been the champion by eight points over Danny Hamlin, who ironically, you know, ended up on the last caution, taking two tires to try to gamble on track position, I guess, to try to be the guy that won the final race. And, um, you know, he was up there, you know, the restart at the end showed him fighting for the lead uh, with Blaney, who he, you know, had that bit of a tussle with that homestead and then Larson was right there uh who you know they had their their deal back at Pocono so you know a lot of the a lot of the storylines uh, from the second half of the year uh right there up front and of course Chastain was up there as well and uh William Byron so uh yeah just a interesting you know performance from you know the Hendrick team they kind of I guess maybe they are betting on Uh, shorter runs being being the deal uh hoping for a you know late caution where you know they would work out better in the short run whereas you know Blaney was definitely set up uh on that long run so um yeah I think you know with Phoenix being the way it is I think setting up the cars on the long run was definitely the way to go uh in there and then definitely it you know paid off for uh for yeah, just, uh, I mean, I think all four of these guys, you know, they definitely put in a good effort there. I mean, we haven't really talked much about Bell, but it's hard to, hard to really talk about Bell with um, how his race ended up being, and, you know, never really was truly a factor in this race because uh, of uh, the brake issues that he had, but, um, which is unfortunate because, um, you know, I think he, if he ever makes it to the final race, you know, we've seen what he's been able to do uh, at the end of races, like we saw at Homestead a few weeks ago. So, um yeah, I mean, definitely all all these guys, you know, could have you know, could have won the title if you know if things went their way and of course only, only Blaney gets to say that. So um yeah, definitely a interesting race and um, you know, I think it was, you know, we we'll get into it later with the trucks, but you know, definitely a lot of especially at the end with thirty to go, you know, Blaney and Larson fighting each other and then, you know, the final restart and the battle with Chastain and Blaney, I think that was definitely a good battle, clean racing. You know, didn't have any um dust steps or you know any dirty driving or anything like that so um you know unlike what we saw in the truck race you know definitely uh, a lot of clean racing there
0: yeah i was trying to look up the old point standings thing i found one a reddit link which was based on the latford system and it was interesting when you were talking about the points how they landed uh there is a a reddit uh, post with the latford system and it shows uh Martin Truex which tells you what was going on in the regular season Martin Truex was a regular season champion and how his season basically went in the toilet in the last 10 weeks even with how bad he performed in the last 10 weeks under the original points format he would have won the championship and then you consider Kyle Busch uh the way he was basically for the second half of the season he wasn't a factor for a good amount of it um this point standing shows that he would have been uh second. So it's like it's crazy how we look at I mean there's different points formats out uh, there and also it would have been uh three Gibbs cars in the top 4. Then you have Hendrick William Byron would have been fifth. Uh Kevin Harvick sixth, Ross jastain Larson, Keselowski and Chris busher So that's interesting. Ryan Blaney would have been 12th. So insane to look at with the latford system under the way things went now we we always have to go and qualify it would it have would they have raced differently etc etc we can't say one way or the other but ryan blaney in the end uh gets the championship roger penske gets two consecutive championships and um this format uh, for better or worse is what we have. The fact that we're going to continue going to this shithole at Phoenix and at being the final race, we're stuck with that too. Um, so we have to take it for what it is. Um, but for the guy who is the most popular driver, honestly, the most popular driver in NASCAR, um, he gets, he gets the championship. He gets to go home with his smoking hot Hooters model girlfriend. And, um, partying with uh Bubba and and uh Hemrick and Clyde and his whole crew. Um Brad Keselowski congratulated him coming off the coming back from the birth of his son. Uh her him and Paige comes back, races, gets a good finish, gets to congratulate one of the guys that he um was uh he played a role in their career. You look at this cup series and how many drivers oh jesus oh that wow that was insane um it almost was insanely bad by zach wilson there but um how um brad keselowski racing you look at how many drivers drove for that organization that are now in the cup series and have had success you think about Planey, of course tyler reddick Um, Ross Chastain, the guy who the two main guys, uh bless you, uh the two guys that were um that were the factors in this race yesterday, both drove for Brad Keselowski. So I mean you think about there's two guys that um have played as big of a role as anybody in nurturing talent in uh NASCAR in recent memory, and those are Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Brad Keselowski. For one for them two guys, and I guess to a lesser extent Kyle Bush. Um, if we weren't for those three guys, where are we, where would we be? And Kyle Busch now is selling out finally, largely because um, the business model in the Truck Series has gotten worse and worse. He's worried more about Brexton's career. Um, Chevy isn't giving him the money that Toyota was giving him, so he he has a reason to sell out now, um, and that's what he's doing. Um, Brad, it finally got bad enough for him that he had to get out of the get out of there a while ago and largely it also helped that they were building their family too so i think he was more committed to wanting to be a father and then now of course he is committed to having a team albeit being a cup series owner or part owner and then you have dale jr who continues to run his organization and continues to look for oh geez um look for the opportunity to maybe get a charter, which the the Phelps and company said that they weren't going to take away Rick Ware's charter, which is BS. Um, They should have. And then just said to Dale Jr. here, here you go. You can go and run. You just won't be able to run Hendrick equipment, or you're, I don't know how it's going to the ownership structure will be, but you'll just run a Hendrick satellite. You'll be running a fifth Hendrick car. But that's what they should have done. They won't. That's um, why we're going to have three Spire cars next year, but it is what it is. Uh, the final point standings, actual point standings, Blaney, Larson, Byron Bell, uh, Dennis Hamlin finishes fifth uh, by 39 points over uh, his driver, Tyler Reddick. Christopher Busher, Brad Keselowski, Ross Chastain, and Daryl Wallace Jr. round out the top 10. Martin Truex Jr., who won the regular season points championship, ends up uh, 11th in the standings, defending series champion Joey Logano, 12th. Kevin Harvick, 13th in his final year. Kyle Busch, Michael McDowell, and Richard finishes 16th. Uh, Clyde, 17th. Um. Keebler-Gibbs, the 2023 Cup Series Rookie of the Year by default. Suarez and Alex Bowman uh, round out the top 20 in points. Uh, yeah, Briscoe ended up 30th, uh, finished 9 points behind bald spot Dylan, and that's with the however 100 and 200 point penalty or whatever the fuck he had. There was some craziness after the 600. Uh, three... Stuart Oscars, 22nd, 23rd, and 30th in standings, and 13th was the best. Uh, That's the last thing. Kevin Harvick, uh, Josh had his final race of his cup career, um, legendary career, 60 wins, and had chances this year to win. It was very limited compared to some of his great seasons but Kevin Harvick at a track where he's won more than anybody nine times led was a factor to possibly win, similar to what Jimmy Johnson did in his final race of his cup career, arguably had the best car, but was told to uh, not win. Uh, they um, In the end for Kevin Harvick, he leaves, leaves this sport. Uh, he's the last driver that can say that he had a connection, uh, had some sort of connection with Dale Earnhardt. Um, he is the last of an era, really, uh, you think about those years, that time of the drivers that came in, um, you had smoke, you had, um, you had Jimmy, you had, uh, Dale Jr., Matt Kenseth, then then Harvick, I mean, to a lesser extent, no neck, uh, I'm trying to think who else was, um, no neck and Johnson were in 2002 and Harvick was 2001 uh, and Dale Jr. Uh, and Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth were in 2000. Tony was 1999. And then I don't really remember before that. I think Kenny Irwin is 98. And uh, I don't remember offhand. I'd have to look it up again. But that was the era. You think about all those guys. And Kurt Busch, there's the one that I, I had forgotten my fault on that. Kurt Busch uh, was the last guy that erased Dale Earnhardt, uh, got flipped off by. The Intimidator and the 500. Um, all these guys were the like the Gillette Young guns. And that was an era. And now that era ends. Uh, and you think about it. 826 cup starts. Uh, 60 wins. 251 top fives. 444 top tens. 31 poles. And um, in 23 years uh, of cup racing, uh, he ran... 21 years in the Xfinity Series, won 47 races, 186 top fives and 261 top tens, average finish of 8.4 in that series, um, average finish of 12.8 in Cup, and uh, of course the 2014 Cup Series Champion, uh, two-time Xfinity Series Champion, and um, in the Truck Series as a driver, drove 124 races. Over 19 seasons of 14 wins, 48 top fives, and 62 top tens, average finish of 12.6. But I think his um, greater um, con- contribution was as a truck owner for um, as K for KHI. Him and Delena built that organization, and Ron Hornaday Jr., who was his mentor, uh, drove for him amongst others and won a bunch of championships, two championships for him, and won a lot of races, um, and is the actual um, winning, winning his driver in the truck series because, I mean, for an actual driver who drove the series, not Kyle Busch who cherry-picked. Um, so, I mean, you look at this career, he, he had 350 and won so 450, 475, and, I mean, over 1,200 1,200 starts in NASCAR and um, 107 plus, yeah, 121 wins. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer uh, is not leaving this sport because he's going to be in the announce booth of, uh, Somebody who's been a representative, somebody who's been outspoken over the years, but has become more of an elder statesman, one that's trying to be one for the drivers and understands it from both sides as a driver, as an owner, and is trying to make this sport better while in turn, he's trying to build the next generation with his son who um, has aspirations to have a future in this, in motorsports somewhere. Um you could see all the the friends and all the people that were there. Tony uh, hasn't been at the track a whole lot all year, but this weekend he was. And I largely, because it was probably for Kevin. Yeah, of course, they had a guy in the Xfinity series. We'll about to talk about it in a moment. But, um, but Kevin Harvick uh, leaves a big void in this sport. And... Um, Leaving with sixty wins and leaving as a champion and as a uh, contender, uh, he leaves a big mark. And from humble beginnings in Bakersfield, California, to being one of the great drivers in the history of this sport, Kevin Harvick's done it all. And uh, now he moves on to his next uh, step in his career as a um, as a announcer in in nascar and cup and xfinity so we'll see how that all goes but um kevin harvick it's uh end of an era for sure josh
1: yeah i mean it's definitely a end of an era you know the guy that when he started so here's something when he started his career in nascar uh his first start in rockingham steve park in the number one dei car one and then uh, today, or yesterday, when Ross Chastain won in the number one, which uh, was, you know, formerly, um, you know, the number one DEI car that merged with Chip Ganassi and is now owned by Trackhouse, uh, that number one uh, won the race. So what a interesting bookend there, uh, you know, between 22 years uh, in this uh, series that he ran uh, and Running, you know, starting out running for RCR and then switched over to finally switched over to uh, Stuart Haas in 2014. And um, I mean, just his run from 2014 on was a really good career, um, almost like a entirely different career that he had when he was at RCR. Um, you know, he often carried that team at RCR um, when he was good. Um, he had one year at RCR where he should have won the title in 2010 uh, and you know, 20, you know, 2011, 2013 had good years as well. But then, you know, 2014 onwards, uh, he was a completely different driver at Stuart Haas all the way up until uh, 2020. Uh, and, you know, Harvick only won in 2014, probably should have won the title uh, a few years after that. You know, we talked about the playoffs, um, how, the playoffs kind of robbed Jeff Gordon of uh, a few titles that he should have had. Well, I I think the playoff era definitely robbed Kevin Harvick of at least, you know, two to three titles. Um, You you can definitely argue that he should have been in the champion in 2010, uh, 2015, 16, and probably 2020 as well. So um, definitely, uh, uh, you know, shows the, faults of this system uh with the one race championship you know even harvick said it himself after 2020 that uh it you know this this system uh with the way it is doesn't reward or you know it doesn't make championships as meaningful i don't remember the exact quote but you basically um said that you know in this system the championships aren't as meaningful as they were uh you know back in the you know pre-chase era and you know even some of the chase era so you know, definitely should have had more titles, but you know, it's uh, something that we'll have to you know ponder. You know, for the amount of wins that he had, he's only had one title, which you know, I guess in this format does show that it you know it it is really hard to win the championship uh, in this in this series that you know we've never had a. I mean, we've had a repeat champion. You know, Kyle Busch and Joey Logano both won multiple times uh, in in this playoff. Uh, Championship format, but you know, it's definitely very hard to, um, you know, especially in this next gen era to have a back to back or, um, you know, even somebody that has won for the second time, just, you know, shows that's really hard. But Harvick, uh, in his career, you know, he's been really dominant and, you know, he's going to be a, a good broadcaster. And so, you know, I think he'll definitely, uh, bring back some uh, reason and balance to the booth in Fox. Uh, alongside uh, Clint Boyer. So, um, you yeah, know, looking forward to hearing him next year, I guess. Um, and, you know, being in the booth the first half of the year. Uh, but you know, definitely avoid left uh, here in the Cup Series. Um, but, you know, definitely the veteran presence uh, is taking a step below now. I think, yeah, Kyle Bush is going to be the guy that's the senior member of the garage. So now, you know, now that's been passed down from him uh, to – uh, Kyle Bush. so you know definitely looking forward to um, seeing how he is in retirement and everything and you know another thing that you know you talked about with his truck series team well you know, he ended up shutting it down to focus on his family but at the same time that also became a management company and he's representing drivers and um, other uh, entities and celebrities so um, that's another thing that he did in his uh, career that you know I think they'll definitely leave a mark you know in terms of Being able to, I guess, with public relations and being able to start start up that, so and that's you know definitely been a resource for the drivers. So I think you have to bring that up too. But yeah, definitely avoid a a presence that you know is not going to be here uh, on the track next season. Yeah, and it's something that.
0: It's hard that we talk about it every year. We've been talking about it recently, replacing big-time drivers. It's a part of motorsports. You can't race forever in that sense. Uh, I mean, I guess John Force disproves that notion, but uh, you you can't race forever. You can't stay competitive forever um, and be in factor. But for Kevin Harvick, he gets to leave generally as uh, someone who was up there till the end. It wasn't the way he wanted to end his last few years. The last couple of years have not been as good uh, as it had been, but it's a transitional time, not only for him in his life, and his career, but also uh, for Stuart Haas as an organization. Um, a lot of soul-searching will have to be done. And we'll talk about it more uh, later once we get into the Cup Series review, season review, and the teams that made progress versus teams that went the other way um and what the prospects are going into 2024 um for ends up the champion it definitely didn't look like that was going to be the case they've brought out a new body style um new mustang body for 2024 uh and we will see how that works relative to the chevrolet camaro and the toyota camry but i mean it's something that if they want to be a factor, they want to have something to do with this deal uh, and be something every week, not some weeks, um, giving the guys a chance, they're going to have to make some uh, big changes uh, in general. But for Kevin Harvick, you'll get to talk about him every week in the booth. All right, let's move on to the Xfinity series. Uh, pretty tame. uh Race. I mean, there were eight cautions, two for stages, and then so six actual cautions. Uh, but when it comes to uh, the drivers that were up front, the vast majority of those drivers stayed up front all day. Uh, there was only one real instance of a driver that was up front that didn't end up that way. Um, and that was one of the final four drivers. Uh, the Championship Four in the Xfinity Series was... Uh, John Hunter Niemicek, Justin Allgaier, Sam Mair, and Cole Custer. In the end, Cole Custer started seventh. He got second in stage one, won stage two, led the most laps, and ends up as an Xfinity Series champion after twice finishing runner-up in this series at Homestead at one of his better racetracks, Phoenix. uh has been, you know, kind of been around, but not the one of the best. Cole Custer goes out there, gets that um elusive championship for Stuart Haas Racing for himself. Uh after a season where he probably was that maybe fourth driver, third or fourth driver there. You had you had uh John Hunter Nemechek, you had Justin Allgaier, those were and Austin Hill were the three drivers that really stood out at the start for the good part of the season and then austin hill dropped himself out because you know he's a dick and um and a choker and so he disappeared so that opened the door for cole custer had been that next guy for a good amount of the season and uh he made something of the situation and put himself in a place to get that he had to Last lap, that last lap incident between Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill, he had to put his car in reverse and get across the line. If he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have been in the championship four. So we go into that, the results of the Xfinity uh, Series Championship race. Cole Custer, Sheldon Creed uh, gets another runner-up finish to end his uh, RCR tenure. Justin Allgaier, third Riley Herbst, fourth, continuing the great momentum that uh, started after winning at, at Vegas. Sam Mayer finishes fifth, so three of the five four drivers in the, the final four, uh, finishing the top five. Josh Berry, in his last race for Junior Motorsports, uh, finishes sixth. Austin Hill, seventh. Chandler Smith, eighth. Sammy Smith, ninth, after qualifying on pole, won the race in the spring at Phoenix. And then Kaz Grala uh rounded out the top 10 uh the the jordan anderson cars 12th and 13th with burton and retzloff rajah Caruth started 13th finished 14th for rick hendrick in the 17 car so solid run for him uh we will see what that means for 2024 since he doesn't have any plans as of now oh he's wide open and he caught it um that was um Keenan Allen got was let left wide open and uh Justin Herbert goes and gives him sails and one oh what a catch um falling down and he got that well uh and then getting in through uh, Dawson Cram former guest on the show gets a top 20 finish uh for uh, SS Greenlight then you look through some of these others Snyder had issues Was up front, but then had issues. Brett Moffitt got a stage point, finished 15. And then John Arneemichek, who yet again in a spot where he uh, had been a dominant figure during the season, put himself in a place to possibly win a championship, gets to the final race of the championship and uh, disappears. Yeah, he led the second most laps, but the results show a 28th place result for him. Uh, it wasn't as bad as uh what happened to him in the truck series when he they gave it away there but John Hunter Nemechek left wanting uh would have joined his father as a champion in the series it's been it's been rare uh seeing fathers and sons win championships in NASCAR it's the Jarrett's did it uh and that's I mean, brothers have done it, of course, with the Labanis and the Cup Series. I'm trying to think offhand of other, like, family that have won championships together and or fathers and sons, and I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Uh, so that would have been great for John Hunter, but unfortunately, that didn't come off. But I guess in the end, Cole Custer getting his 13th career Xfinity Series victory, and the biggest one of his career because he is now an Xfinity Series champion and they have announced that he's coming back in 2024. Uh when you look at what's going on at Stuart Haas Racing, you would think that he just came off of winning an Xfinity championship and proving himself under the circumstances of saying himself that it was a demotion and he went out there and clutched up and won the championship and beat a guy who Beat one guy who who's going to the Cup Series next year full time, and two guys at Junior Motorsports, and another guy who was a dominant figure for a good amount of the season until the playoff. Really, um, Cole Custer goes out there
1: and uh, gets the job done. Yeah, he gets the job done in uh, the final race of the year. Um, you know, throughout the year, there were times when Cole Custer was the best guy, but then uh you know there was a lot of times where you know he wasn't the best driver throughout uh the series um and you know first part of the year really wondered you know what type of uh you know season he was going to have uh didn't have a, a top 10 or a top five until richmond um in april so um you know it took a little bit a while for him to get his season going uh but you know, ended up, you know, kinda kick starting his year, one at uh Portland and one at Chicago, uh when, you know, which was you know postponed. So, you know, his first two wins this year were on road courses and you know had an okay year by you know most standards uh, and everything, but you know, somehow made it to the uh the final the final race. Um, you know, Homestead which which I saw he was uh dominant then, but then hit the wall but, you know, made it to the final race and then just had a uh, dominant uh, race there and was able to uh, win the race and actually the only driver uh, that won the championship that also won the, uh, the race. So, um, yeah, good, good performance by him, of course, uh, had the best car and, you know, it showed that not necessarily the best driver throughout the year, but the guy with the best car uh, ended up winning the championship uh, in the final race and, uh, excellent restart there on the final restart, you know, was able to three wide battle with, uh, Sheldon Creed and Justin Algar on, you know, the final restart there in overtime and, you know, able to use the high line to get around Justin Algar and, and continue on with, uh, the race, uh, so, and, and win. So, you know, um, for him, I mean, of course we view it a lot of feelings probably view it as a uh, demotion for him uh, going back to the Xfinity series. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to be able to go back and, you know, bring yourself back up. You know, we saw with John Hunter Nemechek, you know, it started out 2020 in the Cup Series, but 2021, 2022 in the trucks and um, Xfinity uh, competed in this year and now is going to go back to the Cup Series with Legacy Motor Clubs. So. Um, you know, now there's always an opportunity for, uh, Cole Custer, you know, to potentially go back to, uh, the cup series, um, in a few years, if, uh, you know, the right opportunity lines up and this is a great way for him to, um, rebuild his resume and show him, you know, show himself and, um, uh, you know, other sponsors and owners and um, you know, other drivers that, you know, he's still capable of winning races and uh certainly now he's a championship caliber driver. So um, you know, wins the first title for uh Stuart Haas. You know, of course a couple years ago Chase Briscoe had that opportunity but wasn't able to uh bring it in. But, you know, now uh, uh he has the first title for Stuart Haas and uh Xfinity series uh competition so um you know now now he gets to go and try to repeat uh what he did this year and you know try to uh have a more dominant year to you know prove that he's uh actually a good driver here uh, in the Xfinity series yeah and uh, we don't know what SHR is going to do with the 10 car but we've kind of been
0: there's been rumors and certain it looks like a certain dumbass is going to get that car. I'm, I've never been the biggest Cole Custer guy, but this year he did what he had to do. And when you go past John Hunter Niemicek and and Hill and Allgaier, he was the best driver. He had, he just was, he was there every single race. And he he was, uh, he lingered and he did what he had to do. And his combination with him and his crew chief, I think, uh, is one that has has a staying power. And uh, Stuart Haas, over the years, has put together, you look at it with, of course, Harvick and Childers. You look at, with Tony, um, not as much in Tony's time because him and Darian ended up, you know, not staying together It worked out initially, but it didn't work out. It it worked out for the one championship. Um, Gibson and uh, No Neck. And then you think about uh, for Chase Briscoe and and, uh, Boswell. Uh, They put together, I mean, Zippy, I think it's part of what Zippy does is putting those combinations together. And and he's been, over time, I think he's been pretty good at that more times than not. And uh, so... Jonathan Tony going there and working with Cole Custer first year as um as a crew chief full time and he goes out and gets gets this championship a huge deal for the organization as a whole um in a down year for uh Stuart Haas Racing uh, to go and get that championship is a big, big uh credit to that whole team and so that's something that we have to look at and Stewart-Haas Racing will have a two-car organization again next year with Cole Custer with uh Riley Herbst and uh they they have a lot of momentum going into 2024 uh because one's a champion and the other was probably one of the best drivers in the last four or five races of the season so they're they're gonna be a bigger factor possibly in 2024 than they even oh man that's so bad that is such a terrible sack um to take that is i mean good sack by the chargers of anaheim alameda and other counties but uh yeah we'll go move forward into the truck series and um my goodness uh if If you go, or, you know, let me just get into the points first before you get into truck series because it was nauseating. Custer by six overall, Geyer by eight over Sam Mayer, and John Hunter Niemicek finishes fourth, minus 31. Austin Hill, inbred ass, finished fifth. Sammy Smith somehow or another finished sixth. Wow. Creed seventh, Daniel Hemrick, Chandler Smith, Parker Kligerman, Josh Berry, and Jeb Burton rounded out the playoff drivers and... Um, Riley Herbst, first of the drivers outside, uh, Buckshot Jones, and Brett Moffitt. You look at the top three guys are going to return and four of the top five. Uh, Sammy Smith's moving over to Junior Motorsports, Sheldon Creed's going on uh, Gibbs, Hemrick is going to the Cup Series, Chandler Smith I think is going to Gibbs as well, so um, Kligerman will be staying. Barry's going to the Cup Series. Burton will stay. Herbst, uh, Bruckshot Jones will both be in the Xfinity Series. So, as it stands, and you know, Parker Retzloff as well. So, a lot of the drivers that were up in the top of the points, you, know, you look at the top 16, and I mean, Ryan Sieg is another one. A lot of these drivers are going to be coming back next year. So, there's going to be continuity, uh, which. I would say would be, a or they're going to switch to organizations that have shown success over time, which I think speaks to um, a a series that has a lot of potential to um, continue to put on the best racing amongst the top three major NASCAR series. All right, so the truck series uh, finale was definitely interesting. I think in terms of the three champions, uh, the person that ended up winning the championship got the most uh, uh, inebriated, uh, which fits his MO because I think it's the only time he ever drinks. Um, on a night where uh, they, I think the driver that had probably been the most, uh, who had been the most dominant driver for a good amount of the season put himself in a place to win um and was in a place to win the championship he ends up making himself look like a fool but he wasn't the only one uh that's really all i can say uh it was one of the ugliest uh races i've ever seen it was one of the stupidest races i think to to ever watch or ever have anything to do with and if you were someone that was in involved uh in that race in some way shape or form or you know covering it or it was an embarrassment to to this to motorsports uh you didn't even have the announcers there your lead announcer sounds like a complete dolt you had uh one of the uh Analysts just basically talking about nothing. It was just really bad. You had drivers going out there and intentionally running over each other. I mean it it was pathetic, really. Um there's just, just horrendous, horrendous racing. Twenty-nine laps uh of overtime, which is absolutely unheard of and quite frankly uh, ridiculous. Uh, but in the end, uh, you had four drivers uh, coming into this race as uh, with the other series, of course Corey Heim, Carson Hosevar, Gren finger Ben Rhodes. And Ben Rhodes is now a two time truck series champion. He joins the likes of uh, Ron Hornaday Jr., Jack Sprague, Matt Crafton, uh, Todd Bodine. He is the fifth to, uh champion, fifth driver to win multiple championships in the truck series. And it's amazing that that's the case, uh, really, uh, because he really wasn't that good of I mean, he needed a tiebreaker at Homestead uh to make the final four over um Nick Sanchez. And you look at Nick Sanchez, if he had been in there yeah he wouldn't have won it he would have been third uh grant infinger would have won the damn champion or he had actually been second the way things landed but uh just unbelievable um christian eckes in the end uh led the third most laps in the race there were really four drivers that had uh good vehicles throughout the night um eckes choked it in at homestead and regrets it even more because in the end he comes out with the victory and he would have been a champion uh as he was in the arca series a few years ago his teammate jay Garcia in his last race for uh bill mackinally uh gives the, gives them a one gives him a one-two finish first one he's ever had and the trucks chase purdy in his last race for kyle bush or the favorite, last race of kyle bush motorsport finishes third uh jesse love who hit everything but the lottery, finished fourth. Uh, The Arca Series champion uh, driving his last race for Toyota uh, before he goes to RCR. Ben Rhodes, fifth. Grant Enfinger finishes sixth and at one point was in position to win the championship if it weren't for one of the yellows, I think uh, which was triggered by one of these championship four. Dean Thompson, Caden Honeycutt, Tanner Gray, Nick Sanchez, uh were the rounded out the top 10 and Raja Karuth, uh consistent during the the weekend gets a uh, qualifies decent in both races qualifies all right in both races and 12th place finish uh for Raja uh, in his last race for um in the last race for GMS uh so you you look at GMS racing uh Grand Finger falls just one spot short and you have uh Raja finishing 12th Ty Majewski led the most laps, won a stage, finished 14th. Um, Corey Heim, who we'll talk about more uh, in a moment, in a few moments' time, won one stage, qualified on pole, led the second most laps, finished 18th. And you had Reese Stuball, or no, not Stuball's Taylor Gray there. And Zane Smith in his final race for for Front Row Motorsports and for Ford before he moves to the Cup series for Trackhouse Inspire. uh started fourth finished in the top 5 both stages led 35 laps but ended up in a wreck and then Carson Hosevar finished 29th um he was up front uh for a good part of the day and uh but in the end uh ended up on a rollback uh I mean there were a bunch of incidents Josh it was Really, it was a demo derby. Marco Andretti and Chris Hacker ran over each other early. Jake, Drew, and Connor Jones in a battle of daddy's money guys ran over each other later. Daniel Dye was the innocent bystander in Bailey Curry and Stephen Parsons. uh, Squabble in their RG bargy Derek Krause uh, wrecked with Jack Wood, I think. Uh, Or Derek Krause wrecked, and then Jack Wood ran a few more laps and wrecked himself. Sean who was driving for uh the 75 team that usually is driven by uh Parker Kligerman. Um the I'm forgetting what the their sponsor usually is. The the oh, the country foods or whatever team or whatever and uh he was got awful. Um Stewart Friesen got spun out at least twice, I think in that race i mean there's some really atrocious racing uh it was an embarrassment i've said it over and over again but that's really what it was and ben rhodes got shit-faced was wearing jewelry looked like freaking Flav of flave uh and that's an interception uh by uh zach wilson and a touchdown oh uh, there's a flag but uh, but they're still up to touchdowns, so we'll see. But Ben Rhodes champion Christian Eckis, a win, and he'll be coming back to the Truck Series next year. Uh and that's one of the only things that we know for sure with the Truck Series um going into 2024. So Ben Rhodes will be back and uh he'll be defending his championship. That I don't think with uh 40 to go or with 20 to go in the actual race, he thought he was going to be the champion. Uh, but it worked out that once all that went and finished out, he ends up with the hardware, Josh. And that's really all that matters, giving Ford a sweep of the
1: weekend. Yeah, I mean, there's a a lot that uh, we can talk about here and how this all ended up happening. Um, yeah, honestly, the, the truck race was up until... Uh, the point when Carson Hosevar spun out Corey Heim, it was your typical truck race and, you know, relatively tame-ish. You know, we still had accidents and stuff, but it didn't, like, um, didn't go, you know, go down to um, what what it ended up turning out to be. Um, so there is, you know, it still, still turned out to be okay up until that point, and that's kind of where things just took a turn and um, went you know, wide open. Uh, Carson Osvar took too much going into the first turn and uh, didn't expect Corey Heim to kind of turn down uh, in his path. And then he spun out Corey Heim and put him in the wall and took out Stuart Friesen. And then from there, we just had a series of cautions after cautions, um, and you know we we're we we're gonna have a green flag run there uh, at the very end, but then uh, you know with twelve a twelve lap run, uh, and then Corey Heim decided to take out Carson Hosvar with three laps to go, and um, you know really just made it ridiculous there. And uh, Carson Hosvar was on good tires and was gonna pass uh, Heim there on the back stretch, but uh, Heim just turned right and put him in the wall there, and. Um, you know, uh, Grant Infiger was leading at that point, and it looked like it was going to be his title. It looked like Ben Rhodes wasn't going to have an opportunity to go win the title. And then that caution happened and opened things up. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, the juxtaposition of Grant Infiger in the press conference just saying it's unfortunate while, you know, Corey Heim was right there in the same room. And then, you know, just afterwards, the look that he was giving to Corey Heim uh, in that, you know, hallway there in the press conference room. So um you know just uh, a lot of things that happened that shouldn't have happened in that uh truck race. You know, Ben Rhodes had problems shifting in the final couple of restarts. Uh Zane Smith uh got into it with Jack Wood and um um and also with Ben Rhodes there. So, you know, Rhodes uh got into the ended up getting into the back of uh Uh, Zane Smith and spun him out and then you know Matt Crafton and a bunch of other guys spun out on the next caution and then Tyler Ingram had a flat tire coming to the white flag and they didn't throw a caution for that because I think NASCAR was like yeah we can't have this last any longer it's already this race started at 10 p.m eastern time and and it's almost you know it's ended like almost right on the dot at uh, one o'clock a.m eastern time so um just a lot of uh you know Things that happen uh, definitely a uh, Charlie Fox Trot of a race uh, right there, but um, you know a lot of a lot of drivers had things to say, and you know, even uh, reporters had stuff to say. I mean, Denny Hamlin said, "You know, this is what happens when there's no rules, no officiating, you get a product like this." The show is taking over U.S. Motorsports, and that's why it's hard to take seriously. Matt Weaver was like, "He's like, I sometimes in moments of the moments like these think about." How John King won a Truck Series race at Daytona in 2012. Um, um, let's see who else. Tyler Reddick was like this dumbass will never learn, referring to uh, Carson Hosevar. Uh Chris Buescher said, "What a lack of uh, sport! What a pitiful lack of sportsmanship!" Uh, when Corey Heim put Hocevar into the wall, uh, Josh Berry was like, "What a disaster!" Um, and a bunch of our other drivers just chiming in, of course, along with. All the fans and everything, so um, you know that that's just how bad of a race it was when you know everybody was crashing like every five laps, um, and just uh, set set a standard of what not to do in a championship race here in the uh, the top three series of NASCAR, and you know definitely a, a clean race in Xfinity and Cup, uh, definitely at least um, made it made it look look a little. I mean this truck race is bad but it was the whole weekend uh slightly less bad. So, um yeah, this definitely uh a lot of drivers here, you know, feel like we've never heard of and, you know, compared to, you know, who um short track racers, you know, compared to uh, what they can do, you know, guys that don't really have a lot of respect and um you know don't don't really know anything and go in here and uh, you know, just wreck stuff and that's that's why Kyle Busch is out of the series after this year. Um, You know, that's why Brad Keselowski doesn't have a truck team um, anymore. That's why Harvick is probably out of the truck series um, because, you know, you have people like this just tearing up equipment uh, every week. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, pitiful to see uh, this race end up like this. And, um, of course, the other part of this is, you know, just how Corey Heim just kind of took upon himself to ruin the championship for, uh, Grant Enfinger and, you know, Heim had the best car all year or truck all year, but then, you know, goes out and puts, uh, the Josevar on the wall and completely changes the entire race right there. And it looked like, you know, Enfinger was on his way to winning the title there. Ben Rhodes didn't have anything left for him. And then Enfinger almost won it, but just came up short, um, you know, Rhodes had his damage and everything, and, and Finger went and put on tires and was able to um, close in on him and uh, get up to sixth, but uh, wasn't able to get ahead of Rhodes there. So, um, yeah, just a really terrible race from that perspective. And then, of course, from the championship four perspective, uh, Ben Rhodes wasn't even the best driver, period, here. Uh, hasn't won since May. That was the only win he had was at Charlotte in the truck race there, all the way back in May. Um, uh, let's see what else you know. It hasn't you know done anything really you know until basically until Homestead he uh, was able to stay out on old tires and and leapfrog his way in, into the final four uh, and didn't lead any um, any major categories statistically in in the truck series. Um, pretty much every other category. Uh, wins top fives uh, top 15s top 10s top 20s top 25s uh, average start polls, stage wins consecutive top three consecutive top fives top you know pretty much every single statistic that you could come up with uh, in the nascar truck series ben rhodes was not even a, a category leader in anything uh, and he has somehow won the championship so not to take away from anything from him of course the press conference was entertaining and everything but you know just the shows the uh how how bad the series is so um with uh, the type of drivers that race in it and you know the ones that do race well um either something happens to them or um you know they end up having somebody else mess up their race so yeah just a um lack of lack of respect, you know, lack of, uh, uh, for everything, you know, for racing, for, uh, drivers for themselves. So, um, yeah, just, uh, uh, yeah, terrible, terrible product. So, I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it, but yeah, I think, I think that's the one that left everybody like really emotional, especially because of just how, how embarrassing, uh, it ended and everything like that.
0: Yeah. As we get to two minutes to go in the Monday night football game with the Jets down 21 points with three turnovers on the night. Uh, it is a two minute warning now. Um, and both teams will end up being four and four at the halfway point after two minutes here. Uh, that's Quinn and Williams, just looks absolutely over it. And uh, got Sauce Gardner, a bunch of them other guys. They're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, so I mean that's what you would say about that race yeah on Friday is what the fuck as well. Uh I mean Corey Heim, I think he has he definitely has a future in this sport. Uh, Kyle he'll be another example of Kyle Busch driver that uh that was uh that got up to the big time uh, for him and for uh the uh the um what the hell is that team? Tricon. Uh, it's a, a breakout season. And um, so there was... Um, it was something to to see that all year. But when it came down to it, uh, he got cleaned out by Carson Josevar. Completely understand that. Uh, Carson Josevar had this dopey uh, look and uh, actions and all that. Um, the whole "woe is me" thing, which people had accused uh, Ross Chastain of, and I think after Darlington, he kind of had to have soul search, and he he became a lot less aggressive, and in turn, he probably didn't have as wasn't as big of a factor, but he went through the better part of the back part of the season without really ruffling any feathers, and ended up with a victory. Then the season. You have to learn at some point. Um it may end up with him being put in the fence more often. He's gonna be in the cup series next year, Carson Osevar. Um he did well for legacy for good for his run that he had with them to end the year, but uh, his actions actions speak louder than words and he cleaned out I mean he just used Corey Heim up and uh and it isn't a good look. And then he had a chance to go and either, you know, take that and say, all right, I effed up and move forward and and make a good restart and get away. Not only did he not make a good restart, he basically dropped anchor and his his mental strength was questionable. And um, he put himself in a position to have what happened to him go on. Corey Heim cleaned him out used them up everybody knows it they should st they should have parked them they didn't i mean you you're, you've said over time that you can't do that sort of stuff you have to have zero tolerance they didn't bailey curry admitted he he ran over stefan parsons that should be a, a monetary fine he's gonna be a regular in the truck series next year for uh what what you call uh for um niece and, and the guy just admitted to cleaning out someone. I mean at least go and penalize them cash and penalize them points. You should penalize um Corey heim the same. You can't manipulate this is race manipulation. They talk about it in the Cups you talk about race manipulation and they go and penalize it. Where the hell are the penalties? Now of course we're doing this show on a Monday night. There could be a penalty We'll talk about it the following week if that if that's the case. But usually it's they don't. And when you have a race like this and you see all these people yard sale vehicles and this is the future, it's it is scary. Um, just scary. And it's embarrass It's an embarrassment to the greats of this series, the Ron Hornaday's, Sprague's, Skinners, Tabodines, the who all these guys that have won races a lot of races in in this series i mean kyle bush ran a truck team for god knows how many years and won more races than anybody uh now if he's ever gonna run a full truck season he's not gonna do it with his own uh organization anymore but it's inexplicable I, i mean what was it a few weeks ago i think the guy who was running the who was a director for the truck series got nailed with some sort of um, um, offense that he got arrested or some shit too. so I guess it makes sense that's the way the truck series ran when you have people who are doing illegal acts uh, running it we're letting the inmates run the asylum so to speak so uh, Ben Rhodes under any metric was not was probably the fourth best of the four drivers that made it he ends up with the championship, and Finger left wondering what might have been because of Corey Heim being a selfish prick. Corey Heim and Carson Hocevar, um, you know, those are the two best drivers in the series. But with Carson Hocevar, that's the good and the bad uh, of Carson Hocevar in one race, and then Corey Heim showing what most young drivers do—they can have a lot of talent and a lot of speed. But they're just as liable to use their car or truck as a weapon. And um, that's just not, that isn't what you should be teaching or showing anybody um, in terms of racing if you're really trying to grow the sport. But I guess they have to deal with what uh, they did and um, move forward. Move to the Formula One uh, Brazilian Grand Prix. It was the usual, the last uh, sprint. Uh, race of the season there was plenty of action in said sprint but the result was the same um, in that race uh, we will go with the we'll go with the sprint result uh, first uh, fish lips over norris or no fish lips over norris sergio perez rounding out the podium george russell leclerc yuki Sonoda Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz, the point scorers, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, and Oscar Piastri running out the top ten. Um, Alonso and Stroll were eleventh and twelfth, which is interesting since what what we're going to get into here in a moment. Uh, the qualifying for the Brazilian Grand Prix, the actual qualifying, saw fish lips over Leclerc, uh, Lance Stroll, and Alonso. There was it was a wet qualifying on Friday. Lewis Hamilton, George Russell in the third row, Lando Norris and one of his best friends in the smooth operator, seventh and eighth, Sergio Perez, uh, ninth, Oscar Piastri, tenth. Um, So that was the qualifying. There the Alpha Tories were 16th and 17th uh, in the wet qualifying session. Sprint shootout uh, qualifying. Lando actually qualified on the sprint shootout pole over the two red bulls the two mercedes behind that the two alpha tories come back to start sixth and eighth and the ferraris uh seventh and ninth with leclerc and signs oscar piastri 10th there haas um after the big uh weekend a year ago where magnus and qualified on pole in a wet qualifying session um 11th and 12th there in the um sprint shootout The Aston Martins were 15th and 17th in the sprint. In the sprint itself, Verstappen by 4.2 seconds over Norris. Perez was, I mentioned those results there for the sprint itself. And then in the race, the Brazilian Grand Prix, Verstappen uh, by 8.2 seconds over Norris. And Fernando Alonso, in a photo finish, beats Sergio Perez. um, And... Lance stroll finished fifth, which is insane. The way their weekend went, um absolutely insane. Um that can't be. That total yard number cannot be the case. Unless that uh well, I mean, it's probably because of all the turnovers and they have a bunch of defensive touchdowns. Um Aston Martin, who had been basically non existent for the last few weeks. Um, or being a factor for the wrong reasons. Uh, Alonso gets back on the podium and they get a third and a fifth place. Uh, Norris, yet again, showing his prowess here in the second half of the season, uh, trying to compete, I mean, albeit when he's not racing against his butt buddy. Uh, Carlos Sainz, Pierre Gasly, Lewis Hamilton uh, finishes eighth, 62 0.8 0.8 seconds behind the leader Yuki Sonoda, the last car on the lead lap, um, in ninth, and Esteban Ocon um, rounding out the top ten. Logan Sargent uh, just outside of the points. Uh, Piastri ends up two laps down. Ricardo one lap down. Uh, those were the last two classified drivers. Leclerc crashed on the opening lap of the race and um had been basic and was done on the spot really but he got back to the pits and was able to repair the car um with the red flag uh that you had uh because of kevin magnuson alex albon got eliminated there early Or yeah, leclerc do not start did not start albon i think and uh um Daniel Ricardo, Daniel Ricardo was able to get back out because of the red flag. Um Albon I think was uh, uh had issues and they tried to fix it on pit road and he, he they ended up retiring the car. Magnussen had the huge shunt um that caused the red flag. Then um uh, so yeah there were all zero laps there so Zhou Guanyu, Valtteri Bottas, George Russell overheating issues uh, cost all those drivers um, in the race. So yeah, so uh, Fishlips wins, uh, continues to set records in terms of number wins. Uh, Norris uh, continues to show his um, recent form hasn't been for naught. And then Fernando Alonso, um, after what had been a nondescript weekend, gets a podium finish. Uh, Sergio Perez probably had one of the best weekends he's had in months. Um and if if he hadn't if he wasn't in a uh, likely to finish second in points, I think he put himself directly in line for that after uh his performance this weekend, Josh.
1: Yeah, just a good performance, you know, for Sergio Perez after, you know, last couple of races were he hasn't been able to put up as good of a uh, performance, but, um, you know, in, in, um, uh, Mexico's home track crashed out of that, but recovers in, in Brazil, um, almost gets Fernando Alonso there. Fernando had to put up crazy defense, uh, the last couple of laps. And afterwards, Fernando said it was easier to defend in 2005 than it is today. And, um, you know, he was able to defend him there, but Perez passed him, um, on the penultimate lap, but then, um, Fernando was able to get him back on the last lap. So, um, yeah, c- close racing there between those two. I think that was pretty much the highlight of the race there, um, for Fernando or yeah, Fernando and, uh, for, uh, Carl- or, um, Sergio Perez there. So, um, yeah, just a uh, good, good racing there the rare bit of good racing that we've seen um, you know, there's a uh, interesting, you know, seeing that take place. You know, I tuned in kind of late to this one. Um, you know, when I tuned in, uh, I think Verstappen had made his pit stop and Lando was in the lead and I was one, you know, quietly wondering if Lando was on like some different strategy to, um, you know, overtake Verstappen and win, but no, it's was just, um, they are both on the same uh, pit strategy there. So, um, or well, same number of pit stops and everything, and you know, Lando ends up in second. Um, for uh, Alonso takes third, and his teammate let's Stroll takes fifth place. Uh, so you know, actually a decent run there for um, uh, the Aston Martin after last couple of weeks, they have had you know, last you know, our last uh, couple of races, they've had really uh, poor runs. Uh, Carlos Sainz, you know, fifth place finish, Pierre Gasly. Um, gets a points finish, you know, without um eh, you know first time in a while that he's gotten a good finish. Yuki has actually gotten a good finish for once here and uh scoring a point in uh ninth place. Um Dan Ricardo last week uh finished in fourth this week finished in thirteenth so uh kind of a yo-yo with his uh you know race uh results uh, and everything his consistency uh Charles Leclerc once again has a issue before the race and doesn't even start so uh yeah just a uh, unfortunate for Charles Leclerc uh you know, as he you know c- continues to go throughout his career in Ferrari always has uh these races where you know poor luck happens uh, either before or during the race so which is uh typical Ferrari um Logan Sargent of course almost gets a a point finishing in 11th uh, uh behind Aston Espargnon so yeah uh and of course Verstappen wins again for the 17th time this year so and only two more races so you know he might he might go for uh 19 wins which of course would be a uh, all-time record again so every week he continues to set the record for most wins in Formula 1 so at least uh, we'll get a break from it this week with no racing so um you know uh, um yeah that was pretty much all that was you know happened in this uh grand prix in brazil but i mean we'll see we'll see here in a couple weeks at las vegas if we see anything different with it you know being a completely new track or uh something so um but you know at the end of the day it's continues to be the max Verstappen show here in formula one
0: yeah and that's something that you know for all these hypocrites that wanted to complain during the lewis hamilton time and uh You know, all the rules and all the bullshit that's gone on with him. With First Stop and that they've broken. uh, And done. The fact that this has become basically unwatchable. Um, I can remember even with Schumacher. It was even more watchable when Schumacher was doing it. And and that was bad. So, you know, whatever. I'm so over. I'm so over watching Formula 1 at this point. Uh, It makes me... Not want to watch Formula One, and I'll always say the only reason I do is because of podcasts that I do, which is this and being on Grid Talk. Um, so we'll talk about Vegas next week on the GSP in more detail. Excuse me. The points uh Perez is 32 points out of Lewis Hamilton for second in the World Champ Drivers' Championship. The battle for fourth is very tight. Um, Alonzo, Norris, and Signs are separated by a total of six points. Alonzo right now in fourth, Norris fifth. So Carlos Sainz in sixth. Charles Leclerc uh, 28 points out of fourth and uh, 25, 28, 25, and 22. George Russell in eighth. Piastri, so um Leclerc, Russell and Piastri are all basically set in their spots. Nothing's going to change there. Um Landstroll is 1 point ahead of Pierre Gasly for 10th in the drivers' championship. In the um standings, uh Mercedes is 20 points ahead of Ferrari. Um McLaren is 21 points ahead of Aston Martin. For fourth in the Constructors, Um, Williams continues to stay in seventh, seven points ahead of Alpha Torrey. Alpha Romeo, four points ahead of Haas um, for ninth. And so we'll move into the GSP roundup here. Or no, actually we'll do NFL. So NFL Week 9, we'll get into that. Both of our teams are on bye um Niners going in to the bye on uh on a downward uh, three game losing streak. Uh yeah, he's oh here we go. Yeah, that's gotta be him him and his he forgot to put the makeup on his ears. And uh yeah. Um just go through <laughs> Yeah, the smile says it well, I think there. But um we just came off of the Chargers destroying uh, destroying the jets, uh, and in terms of, and then we'll, I mean, you can show this in the court. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So, the scores from this weekend, um, I mean, in terms of, oh, look at that whore, um, and probably crying wolf, uh, then you got in the two puppet heads yeah the so you had uh three contending teams of jaguars niners and lions all on buys um i guess the game of the week was the the cowgirls and eagles The eagles scratch out um a five-point victory to get to eight and one um uh, the Bengals continue after starting uh one and three now or five and three um Beating the Bills on Sunday night football. Uh, Bull Raiders dominate against the Giants. And Daniel Jones is done for the year with an ACL. Uh, we talked about the Chargers to get to 4-4. Four and four. Carolina Panthers are a disaster area. Uh, they traded away the number one overall. They traded away their, their pick, first-round draft pick, to get um the number one overall draft pick and now um they're likely gonna give that pick to the Chicago uh to the Chicago Bears and they might end up having the top two picks in the draft or two of the top five draft picks in the draft. You know look at those freaking smiling pieces of trash. Indianapolis gets the four and five so I mean it isn't a for the Jaguars they're they're uh what is it two and a half games ahead. Um, two and a half games ahead of them. The Texans are two games behind after a uh, 39-37 victory of the Bucks. The Commanders beat the New England Patriots, um, Packers, and Rams in a, a contest of two teams that is going nowhere. The Browns shut out the Arizona Cardinals, 27 nothing the Ravens basically shut out the Seahawks 37 to 3 and get to 7 and 2 uh Vikings win with Josh Dobbs after the guy they had a quarterback got a concussion the Chiefs win 21 14 but it really wasn't that close and the Steelers beat the Titans so the standings uh in the standings heading into uh week 10 with the playoff picture uh, in there right now, uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens are both at seven and two. The Jaguars on by uh, maintained a third seed and um, Jaguar, or, I mean, the Dolphins are in fourth place of the four division leaders. Two teams that would the other three, the wild card teams as it stands right now would be the other three teams in the NF or the AFC North, which is something. Um, just outside the playoffs right now are the Bills, the Texans, the Chargers, um, and the Jets all are 500 or above, and the Colts, Raiders are just off of that with 4-5 and five records. The um, In terms of the uh, NFC, the Eagles have a two-game lead over the Lions, the 49ers, Retake the division lead after a um, uh, on a on a bye after Seattle's uh, horrendous performance, and the New Orleans Saints uh, are the NFC South division leaders at five and four. Seahawks fall to the five seed, tied with the Cowgirls and the Vikings, without a quarterback, (laughs) essentially, um, are in seventh. Um and they are a game ahead of the Commanders and the Falcons. The Buccaneers fall to three and five, and they're tied with the Packers. The Rams are three and six. So uh we'll basically say that, yeah. Uh there's nine teams in contention in the NFC as of now. Uh the two two worst teams in the league are and three of the top four or four of the top five. Are in and based on record, are in there. Well, no, actually, you can say five of the top six are in the NFC, so yeah, it's not good, uh, in general. But, uh, I mean, I guess we'll uh, get into the preview there for that, Josh. I mean, the, the Jaguars and the 49ers are going to be playing each other this week, uh, coming off a bye, so interesting, uh to look at what will come to the what will come from that um and really what to see. I mean all although that's news. Uh Kyler Murray is gonna start uh this week uh coming off of his ACL and um so he'll start his first game of the year against the Falcons for the Arizona Cardinals. Um yeah Craig Council gets hired to be the Cubs manager so that's huge news for the Cubs. Uh, franchise and taking somebody from there Uh, one in that league but i'm seventh Fall. i'm three and five i got 3.68 points out of geno smith so uh what are your thoughts on that uh matchup josh for jacksonville and san francisco 49ers coming up this week
1: yeah i mean this is gonna be an interesting matchup for sure and um you know definitely i mean it should be a prime time matchup honestly with um, you know who they're playing they're playing the Jets and the Raiders on Sunday night football which I don't get that one uh at all but that's who it's going to be but maybe it's an advantage for Jacksonville being a 1 p.m. game uh here in Jacksonville and uh the 49ers is going to be playing uh at you know 10 in the morning their time you know uh so we'll see how that goes but uh it's gonna be interesting you know the Jaguars offense uh Say Jones may not be back in the lineup for a bit with the knee injury. He has been on the field since uh, week five uh, in London, so you know almost out uh, over a month now. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see how they can adapt to that. Um, you know they still have Calvin Ridley on the outside and Christian Kirk, uh, but they. Need a third wide receiver. They have Evan Ingram, Brenton Strage on tight ends. So uh we'll see how that matchup goes. And of course, Etienne uh and um Tank Bigsby, DeAndre Johnson running backs. So um yeah, we'll see how that goes with um that uh matchup uh defensively. I mean I think it's gonna be interesting lining up against you know, having to stop uh Christian McCaffrey and stopping George Kittle. Um I think that's where it's going to, you know, more of the matchup is going to be and putting Brock Purdy in a position that he hasn't been in before uh, or that or has been in the last couple of weeks uh, that he's played. He hasn't, you know, played that well. You know, Purdy's had the most turnover worthy plays in the NFL against probably the most opportunistic team when it comes to turnovers in the NFL with the Jaguars. So that might be a matchup more in the Jaguars favor. So, um, it's going to be probably a close game. We'll see. But, you know, uh, I think the Jaguars probably can pull it out at the end of the day. We'll see if that happens. Um, and, of course, uh, offensive line for Jacksonville has been kind of shaky this year, but uh, maybe solidified. Walker Little might be coming back from injury. Uh, Ezra Cleveland uh, acquired in a trade last week uh, with Minnesota. So. Uh, could be extra depth or potential starter here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see, but, um, you know, it's interesting to see how, uh, this all play out, but, um, you know, it's definitely going to be a top tier, uh, matchup, uh, in the one o'clock PM games, uh, here, uh, on Sunday. So, you know, definitely looking forward to watching that. So, um, we'll see how that goes, uh, I get my guys back fantasy wise. You know, hopefully Debo comes back as well. So Debo Samuel, another uh guy that um I've had on fantasy for a bit, but he's on my roster. Uh Brock Purdy's on my roster, Dr- uh Trevor Lawrence and Etienne also on the roster, so getting them all back. Of course I had a poor game this week fantasy wise, cause I basically had no starters on my team. So um, I guess I give that one to Vic there. So um yeah, just a uh, interesting matchup as well, uh, and you know, hopefully now we get to see what the Jaguars look like for real. Now uh, this is the really tough part of the schedule. Now they've got six playoff teams that they're facing here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the second half, their schedule is definitely going to show. You know, if they're really, you know, for real, um, you know, they six and two. You know, people talking about how how they look, looked, um, and you know, they look so okay and in some games but you know they're at the top of the division now and third in the nfl right now so you know now they can uh prove you know that they're for real by you know being one of the top teams in the nfl uh in the 49ers so we'll see how it goes uh of course this week was bye week and everything um nothing happened for jaguars wise although i saw some chirping on twitter about how cj stroud went and had a game uh, with five you know five touchdowns and over 450 yards passing and people were wanting trevor to look like that and i'm like why do we care about another quarterback uh you know on another team a uh, division rival and everything but who cares uh um he had a really good game and you know they're not close to where we're at as a team, so I'd rather have the team record than a bunch of uh gaudy volume stats uh and having losing record or have a mid level record. So ra- rather uh have a uh you know winning record in that regard. So uh yeah, we'll see how it goes this week. But yeah, you know, looking forward to seeing how that matchup turns out on Sunday.
0: Yeah on the Niners side it's gonna be Ken Brock pretty you know, control the ball. Uh, you brought it up, Josh, that if he is able to to manage, you know, the the ball and make good decisions, you're going to have Trent Williams back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gets a week of rest. Uh, we'll see if Kyle Shanahan decides to, you know, rest him a little bit and give a little bit more balance instead of it being 95-5 percentage. With running backs, maybe he'll make it 80-20. Debo will be back, which um, will be huge. Ken having those two key cogs of the offense out there make it so that they can um, have balance again and uh, make the Jacksonville Jaguars have to work um, not just their interior, the front, but also the whole defense, um, stretching that defense out a bit. Will they use george Kittle in the in the game pass game instead of using him as a blocker um that's another big factor because it's hard to defend all those guys when you look at it um, so as something to see in general uh you talk about um the offense there the defense um Steve Wilkes had a bad three weeks um they're they haven't tackled anybody uh they're just. Bad discipline or lack thereof. So, can they come back this week and actually defend against one of the more um, dynamic quarterbacks in the league? They didn't do it against Joe Burrow. Um, If they do what they've been doing in recent weeks, Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing for 350 and three touchdowns on them. And as a fantasy owner of Trevor Lawrence, one of my leagues, that would be good. But as a 49ers fan, it would be nauseating um so it's something that they need to tackle better they need to cover better uh nick nicholas john bosa has to get to the quarterback it's the first game for him and his buddy uh chase young together uh and they'll be on either side which will be interesting to look at um people talk about bosa and teams have been able to go and commit a double team to nick bosa well are you going to commit a double team to Nick Bosa when you have a guy who also has been a rookie of the year in in the NFL on defense, who's also an Ohio State pass rusher, um, and you add the rotation that they have on that defensive line as well with all those pass rushers and players, will Javon Hargrave um, come back to his early season form and be that run stuffer and uh, the linebacker core that we have? Can they tackle, I mentioned it, can they tackle better and can they cover better? You do that, it should be a very close contest. These are two of the best, better teams in the NFL. Uh, One, both of them are division leaders right now. Key contest, there's a little bit more room, wiggle room for Jacksonville within their division. Not as much if they want to stay in the mix for the number one seed. The Niners right now are not playing for one seed. They're most likely um, looking at a two unless something strange happens for the Eagles. Uh, They don't want to lose here. Seattle is scuffling. Um, The rest of the division is a cesspool. Most of the NFC is a cesspool. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Fantasy-wise, losing my league, but it really doesn't matter because everyone around me... um, ended up like Josh and unfortunately all of us took Ls this week the teams that have been winning continue to win uh, I win in um I win in my dynasty league where it doesn't matter and uh I win in one league that I'm in that I'm not really uh, a factor in right now but I have a chance to possibly make the playoffs out of there uh, I win in the one league where I'm leading so I get to 8 and 1 there um and I'm in two leagues where i have uh I'm in two leagues where i end or right now I'm fifth in one and I'm seventh in the other so um on the cusp of the playoffs um in an r in the fall brawl league there's what is it four teams at four and five both myself and Josh are two of those teams got two teams at three and six, so you look at from fourth to ninth separated by a game uh the top three teams pulling away uh right now a couple games or more ahead uh luke Vic, and uh steve so right now it looks like with the five games to go in the regular season that they're pretty solid in their positioning Uh, i dropped daniel jones of course with his knee um he's not going to be around um He's active for Week 9 against the Bengals. He wasn't. Uh, we'll see if he's active next week for Monday Night Football. Uh, should be, And that's what I did. Um, Khalil Herbert, hopefully he'll be playing. Uh, it's been a rough uh, stretch here. I have to start looking at my IDPs have been killing me all season. Uh, lackluster performance overall. I mean, Lamar Jackson only threw for 187 yards. He had no touchdowns uh fumbled once. So when you have your number one quarterback play like that, it's bad. Neither of my quarterbacks did anything. My high scorer was Rashad White there. So that's that's not you're not able to win when you're doing that sort of shit. Um my seven and one team, I've been missing Justin Jefferson for weeks and we've still been all right, you know, luckily a knock on wood. Um Josh Allen had an all right performance. Got productivity from Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert, and Jake Ferguson to go and carry me because my wide receivers didn't do jack shit. So that is that. GSP Roundup, the World Endurance Championship finished their 2023, uh, 2023 uh, season, and, uh, which saw Toyota um, get the hypercar driver's title. Uh, the Sebastian Brundle, Brendan Hartley, Ria Hirakawa uh, win from start win the race start to finish. Uh, the rookie test takes place, and then they have get into that news. The results season, the eight hours of Bahrain, the the results of the race. The number eight Toyota wins by 47.5 seconds over their teammate. Number seven, the Ferrari number 50, uh, Miguel Molino, Antonio Fuco, and Nicholas Nielsen uh, finish third. The Hertz team Jota Sport Porsche, the last car in a lead lap in fourth. uh, Porsche number six for Penske. A lap down in 5th, the uh, AF Corsa, uh 2nd Ferrari, the one that won the 24 hours of Le Mans, finished 6th. The 2nd factory Porsche with Dane Cameron, the uh, 7th, the uh, 2 Peugeots, 8th and ninth, and the Proton Porsche uh, 99 finished 10th. The Cadillac was uh, 3 laps down in 11th. The winners of the LMP2 category... Uh, Rui Andrade, Robert Kubica, and Louis Delatraz for Team WRT uh, beats their teammate by 9.1, nine seconds. That's uh, Sean Gallale, uh, Habsburg, Lotrigan, Habsburg, and Robin Freins. And then Jota, number 28, with David Heinmeier Hansen, Pietro Fittipaldi, and Oliver Rasmussen uh, there in GTM. Uh, saw the Iron Dames team. They qualified on pole, and they ended up winning the race. So the three ladies, uh, Rahel Frey, Fry, uh, Sarah Bovier, and Michelle Gadding, get the victory by 5.5 four seconds over the D-Station Racing, Aston Martin, um, Talbot, Stevenson, and Fuji, and uh, Northwest AMR, the harder racing uh Aston of Alex Rbaras, Macinelli and Ian James the uh the season classification the uh, let's see here the world the uh, world endurance drivers championship as i mentioned the number 8 uh, Toyota are the world champions Hartley, Hirakawa, Buemi over their teammates and the top 3 in the race were the top 3 In the championship, and then you had um, the Ferrari that uh, won the twenty-four Hours of Le Mans. Giovanazzi, and Colado fourth. The Cadillac team Ganassi was fifth. The first of the Penske Porsches was in sixth. Both or they finished sixth and seventh. Then uh, the Peugeots uh, were eighth. Was eighth, and then ninth was the Jota Sport. Porsche drivers, and the second Peugeot was 10th. In terms of the manufacturers, Toyota uh, wins over Ferrari and then Porsche, Cadillac, Peugeot. In the World Cup for Hypercar, Hertz Team Jota, the winner there. In the LMP2 Drivers' Championship, Delatraz, Kubica, and Andrade, the world champions There. Or the endurance, yeah. Then over Costa, Shearer, and Schmikowski who won LMP2 in the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Then you had uh, Lubin, Hansen, and Habsburg third. Robin Frines, or Lubin and Hansen third. Habsburg, Freins, Golale, fourth. Pearson, Jarvis, and Heiner were fifth in LMP2 teams. The Team WRT 41 gets the championship over the inter Europol. United Autosports was third. Then the second WRT and the second United Autosports, fourth and fifth. And then Jota, number 28, was sixth. And then GTM was long decided, long ago, was the Chevy Corvette, Keating, Capsburg, Verone. Uh, they finish first. They win over the Iron Dames, Gatting, Fry, and Bovi, and then David Rigon, Castellacci, and Floor. The team's title uh, was uh, Corvette Racing over the Iron Dames, AF Corsa, Ferrari, Dempsey, Proton, Porsche, and then the ORT by TF uh, Aston finished fifth there. A rookie test uh, saw the likes of one Ale- uh, Valentino Rossi. I was about to say Alexander Rossi, uh, but the great Valentino Rossi debuting uh, racing in a LMP2, uh, testing LMP2. You had you uh, had uh, Will Stevens driving a 963 Porsche. I'm gonna go and bring up yeah, top the so gotta go there. Norman Adam, blah, blah. Is that's the news? They don't show the listing. Uh, team doing? Uh, try to find some uh, standings or results or whatever. But uh, interesting to see what will come of the for the w- WEC with who will be chosen to race next year in the championship with all the new cars coming in, both in GT in the new GT3. Uh, LMGT3 category and then also with the 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 hypercar category. MotoGP, GP Moto 2 in uh, Malaysia they will um, the standings heading into Malaysia Peko Bagnaya the leader by twenty-three over Jorge Martin Marco Besecki third binder aspargo four point, Alex Aspargo four points out of Johan Zarco uh, there, and then in Moto2, it's, uh, uh, Pedro Acosta, uh, go there, yeah, Pedro Acosta in, uh, then trying to go and get that championship before he moves on to, uh, the, uh, GP category to race for, uh, Gas Gas, um, Tech 3 team, and then, uh, I don't know what that was, but uh you go a cossover, Arbolino, Jake Dixon, um, Aaron Kennet, Tomekat Chantra, uh, top five, and then you have oh Jesus, that's not good. Um, Al Alonzo Lopez, uh Gonzalez Salek and Agura with Joe Robertson fourteenth. And they in terms of the calendar right now, you have uh there's three races to go. So, this is the final runout. They'll race three consecutive weekends Sepang, uh, Malaysia, then uh, Qatar, and Valencia to end their 2023 uh, season. The NHRA, their final race of the 2023 season, uh, championships to be won. Uh, two championships are to be decided there with uh memorable series. So, Top Fuel and Funny Car uh, will have their championships in terms of Ender's and Pro Stock six world title fourth and five years back to back warranty, et cetera, clinching title during qualifying. Yeah. So, Gage Herrera and will clinch his first world champion. Yeah. So, so yeah, Gage Herrera is going to be the Pro Stock motorcycle champion. Uh, ender's uh, stupid ass will be the more likely be the champion in pro stock for the fourth time in five years and uh sixth time champion, which is most of any woman in the history uh of NHRA. So that's a big uh big deal in terms of women in motorsports. In terms of top fuel, Steve Torrance leads by fifteen points over Doug Coletta. 34 over Leah Pruitt, 76 Mike Salinas and Justin Ashley, 82 with points and a half or whatever going on at Pomona. So anything can happen there. In Funny Car, uh, three drivers, Matt Hagen leads by 15 over Tasca and 17 over Robert Height. So that's uh, interesting to see what will happen with those categories. With that, those two categories, the nitro categories, um, and Anderson is locked in a second, more than likely. Hartford and Glenn are probably battling for third in pro stock. Then you have Stanfield and Troy Coughlin Jr. one point separating those two guys for fifth. Pro stock motorcycle behind um, Herrera, Krawick, more than likely. It will be in second. Matt Smith, Hector Arana, uh Battling for third in points, uh, Everisto trying to finish in top five. Chase Van Zand is not going to be racing this weekend due to injuries he suffered. So that'll be uh, he'll fall back. Uh, Ingwersen, Angie Smith coming back from injury she suffered in um, in a crash a few weeks prior, a few races ago, in uh, Indianapolis or whatever. So uh, she'll be. Uh, She'll, she'll be battling there. Steve Johnson, Kelly Clons. All right. So, uh, Josh, uh, let us know what's going on in the world of iRacing and in gaming and, and anything that we should be looking at for this coming week.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, normally we'd have made our picks and well, we picked nobody to win. So, um, yeah, I mean, now we go straight into the picks section. Um, but I mean, iRacing, now it's the off-season for NASCAR, so there isn't really any content for Cup, I think. But, I mean, there's still plenty of racing. Otherwise, uh, I think the 87 cars are at uh, California Speedway so at Auto Club, so that should be a good one. Uh, The trucks, I guess, like every series, but uh, the Cup series uh, has something. But uh, trucks at iRacing Super Speedway. They uh, have ARCA at USA Speedway, uh, IndyCar at Watkins Glen, uh, that might be interesting, uh, Gen 4 at Old Texas Motor Speedway uh, this week, Xfinity at, I think, yeah, Chicagoland for some reason uh, on the roadside, um, Formula Fords at Laguna Seca, GR Toyota GR Cup at Watkins Glen, so that actually might be good. Uh, Mustang Skip Barber at uh, Laguna Seca as well. Uh, Class A I Racing IMSA series uh, at Road America. Um, Global Mazda Cup at Summit Point Raceway. Formula IR at Pocono uh, Oval, I guess, even though it's a road car, at Oval. And then on the other side of it, we have the uh, Formula uh, Formula uh, IR Oval series, which is... Uh, Uh, doesn't count towards anything that's at at auto club also so two cars that go both go uh 240 miles an hour uh racing on ovals this week and then the touring car challenge at Summit point raceway so um yeah that's uh there's always a lot to you know pick from for my racing i'm just choosing ones that i have content in and uh available uh eligibility Uh, i think other series the IMSA so yeah the IMSA Racing series also at at Road America well I already said that but that was the fixed one the open one is also at Road America um the open wheel C series for Racing, uh the Indy Pro 2000s that's also at Road America as well so might hit, hit that one up uh the uh Formula Ford's uh fixed series was at Laguna but the open series is at Okuyama so lots of good uh content there on the roadside oval side um just to go back back to that oh yeah also the uh, draft master series is at talladega again but with the xfinity car so that might be free points there um the uh you know like i said the i-racing class uh, b fixed series at uh, chicago and like i said Uh, and then still waiting on the winter tour to open up for uh, the uh, 87 on both the fixed and the uh, open setup side. Uh, Dirt race, just to look at that, Uh, if you want dirt racing, street socks at Lima Land Motorsports Park and Legends uh, Cup at uh, USA Speedway on the dirt. So, And if you want to go for dirt road racing, that basically just uh off-road series um the f- fixed uh volkswagen beetle series is at the uh phoenix raceway dirt uh rally cross track rally cross series which that's the ford fiesta vw beetle subaru wrx uh that's um yeah that that's at iowa speedway on the rally cross side i didn't know they had a rally cross track uh and then daytona Rallycross. cross uh the Lucas Oil off-road car at the uh, Daytona Rallycross dirt road tracks. So, yeah, don't really touch the series, but figure we talk about them since, you know, that's kind of winding down on iRacing too. Well, kind of, but not really. And then team races, I think this is, uh, yeah, still the, I I guess they're grouping it now, but uh, endurance class, class C endurance series, uh, which I have cars in Honda, Type R and the BMW GT4, uh, that's I guess potentially at uh, VIR uh, 720 minutes for a team series, Uh, that's a long time, and then uh, the IMSA Endurance Series is at, also it's a lot of IMSA series at Road America but 160 minutes uh, at Road America, so um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much all the racing that I have available in iRacing this week. Um, Of course, I was looking on Reddit for some sim racing news. Um, According to IndyCar uh, Motorsport Games, uh, publishing potentially an IndyCar game, um, that status is up in the air. Uh, Not surprising. They had made a ton of layoffs recently, I think like 30 to 60% layoffs there. So yeah, I highly doubt that that'll ever get released. Um, Anybody that had hope, uh, has probably given up by now and probably a smart move would be to, uh, just license out the car, uh, for IndyCar back to iRacing and back to, uh, any other game that wants to feature IndyCar in their racing games. So, um, yeah, that's only real news that I can pick up from, uh, that on that side. Oh, actually I did, I don't know if it's real news, but, um, I guess the potentially soon at some point they're going to have rain. We've talked about it before. They'll have rain racing on iRacing, but I'd seen a video where I guess they were testing. um, I don't know if that was the video, but like they they had had sounds of rain racing on iRacing. So um, that should be interesting if we get that hopefully Soon rather than later, potentially rain racing that'd be pretty fun to experience on iRacing. I did play kart racing pro a little bit last week and uh ran in the rain uh, on, on a kart at GoPro Motorplex or Trackhouse Motorplex, as it's called now, since Trackhouse changed the name from GoPro to Trackhouse. Um, which That's uh that was pretty interesting, trying to run around the rain very hard, very hard to control. You can't really go that fast and complete wet and you have to be able to establish a dry line. So I'm sure I racing is still trying to figure that out. I mean, I know a lot of games already have uh rain in it, but i racing tries to be very accurate in what they do, so we'll see if uh you know they're able to do it by the end of the year, if that's a surprise they've got waiting for us at the end of the year or uh if you know it's potentially an update that happens next like spring or something like that. We'll see, but yeah, I mean, that's all I got for uh sim racing this week, of course. Twitch TV's for the streams at USailor2 on there. Um, go on there and watch our streams, and of course, Twitter at find Go watch or go see all my tweets. Been you know talking about the uh past couple of races here on you know the last couple of races here on the schedule. Of course, I'll be talking about the Jags, of course, and anything else that I'm interested in this, you know, this week. So uh, go on there and uh, follow me there, and then of course our YouTube channel uh, at e- uh, Grushier Podcast. Go on there and see our videos that have been uploaded and watch our video streams on there. So yeah, uh, can't believe it's already the end of the NASCAR season. It seems like it was not too long ago that we started the seventy-fifth season of NASCAR, and now uh, we're at the end. Uh, and um, um, now we go on into the 76th one next year, so can't wait for Daytona uh, in the, the February, and it's still not too long away, but um, uh, you know it's still a long long ways to go until then, so looking forward to that, and of course uh, the rest of the year with uh, racing that's left on the calendar, looking forward to seeing Max Verstappen more than likely win the last two races here in the formula one season at the end of the month. So uh, looking forward to that. So of course, uh, glad to do it. And, uh, you know, we'll see each other again next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Getting close to the holidays, Thanksgiving and, uh, Christmas. And we're getting towards the season reviews here, uh, probably with, uh, the gaps in the races, uh, with nothing, nothing to preview, Uh, next week or getting into next week except for round round roundup racing i think we could probably utilize that as a place to go and review the 2023 indycar series season but we'll look at that as we go on um thanks as always man for um taking care of the back end and um also with the youtube side of things uh for myself, you can find me at PG Matthew twenty-eight. You can on X, you can find us at gripstrippod on X, uh, Philip blog site. We're on Podbean and basically anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find the Gripstrip Podcast. If it goes fast, we talk about it here or at least try to. Uh we will be back next week for episode uh one ninety-five. You know, get into MotoGP, NHRA. We'll preview the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Talk about Week 10 in the NFL, the Jaguars and 49ers. And also get into fantasy football as well as we get closer to the cutoff for the regular season in fantasy there. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Uh, Thanks for listening to Gripshirt Podcast and subscribing. Uh, Let your friends know. Uh, we talk about all things racing here, and um, we'll be back next week for the Gripster Podcast.